This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of WrestleNomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting on demand from Buffalo, New York, where today is Sunday, March 28th, 2021. And today we're back, and Chris Gull is going to help me get through the subjects, the topics in the wrestling economics world of the week. WrestleMania tickets have gone on sale. How many are left? The WWE Thunderdome goes to the Sundome in Tampa after WrestleMania. The WWE Network has launched on Peacock since we talked last. What's going on with the content and the standards and the practices? Impact Wrestling is moving to Thursday as apparently NXT is moving to Tuesday. The NFL TV deals have been finalized at substantial increases. What does that mean for the future of wrestling TV rights values? The Roads to the Top, a reality show featuring Cody and Brandy, is coming to TNT. AEW is running a house show. The WrestleNomics survey featuring the, the latest net promoter score data is out on the Patreon right now. And I've been, I've been messing around with something called Python. More on what that is in the hour. But first. But first, the latest in wrestling TV viewership brought to you by the spreadsheet, the WrestleNomics viewership spreadsheet that all patrons get at patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. Get access to the living document that I use to follow and update all the data on wrestling viewership. SmackDown last week Friday did its normal just over 2 million viewers on Fox. Looks like according to the overnight ratings on Showbuzz, it did a similar performance, but we'll see what the finals are on Monday. This week on Monday, WWE Raw on the USA Network. 1.8 million viewers, that's within the range of, of normalcy for Raw, but it was unseated for the first time in a number of weeks where it's led in the 18 to 49 demographic, it's led among all the other cable programs airing on Monday, this week going up against competition from TBS and TNT as those networks aired NCAA basketball, March Madness is underway. As a result, WRAW was down about 11% versus the normal. Normal means meeting of the last four weeks, but uh, M18 to 49, that's males, men, 18 to 49 was down 11%. The young adult audience of 18 to 34 was down 20% compared to normal. So Raw taking a little bit of a hit with men and with young adults. I usually try not to look too deeply into the, the smaller demo ratings that are provided in the M1234 and F1234. But since it, it makes sense to look here, we will look and note that the men, males, 12 to 34 category was down 21%. So a lot of young male viewers looks like deciding maybe to watch, uh, to watch uh, March Madness or for whatever reason, deciding not to watch this week. Again, that's for Raw. On Wednesday night, as we've only got two more weeks, it looks like, left in the Wednesday night wars. On the third to last week of the Wednesday night wars, AEW again, just ahead of NXT in total audience, and more than doubling NXT in 18 to 49 viewers. AEW ranked number six on the day. In 18 to 49, NXT ranked 29th on the day. 
AEW watched by 757,000 viewers. NXT watched by 678,000 viewers. And on Tuesday, Impact Wrestling did its lowest total audience of the year since December 29th of last year. 116,000 viewers, still just barely ranking in the top 150 in 18 to 49, ranking 146th on Tuesday. 116,000 viewers, that's down about 20% from the median of the last four weeks. March, the month of March is almost over. It ends on Wednesday. That's the 31st. So the month is almost over. We're tracking this month by month. As we know, all TV is down. So how do these five wrestling TV shows compare to the trends of television overall? To determine that, we turn to our friends at showbuzzdaily.com to give us the data that determines uh, a a metric that I call the non-news cable top 50, the top 50 TV programs that are not news programs for each day. And what does that rate of decline look like compared to the rate of decline for wrestling TV shows. And what we find is that total audience, non-news cable, down 24% as of the 25th of March. Everybody else is doing substantially better compared to the March of the prior year. Uh, NXT is even with the total audience that it was averaging in the newly pandemic uh, time of March 2020. And so NXT is doing the best at a zero comparison, a 0% difference. Uh, After that, we've got a three-way tie at a negative 12% between SmackDown, Raw, and Dynamite. And then Impact is the program that is down the most uh, by 14%. But again, all of those are faring better than the top 50 non-news cable, which is down 24%. But what about the 18 to 49 demographic? That's down among non-news cable, 21%. Uh, Impact seems to be doing the best. I'm dealing with really small uh, demographic ratings numbers. Hope to get uh, some real Nielsen numbers eventually. But uh, Impact appears to be up up 32% while non-news cable down 21%. Uh, After that, we've got AEW doing the next best at just a negative 10%. Then SmackDown doing a negative 16%. Again, this is versus the March of last year, March of this year. Raw down, oh, let's do NXT. NXT down 20% and Raw down 21%, even with the trend of top 50 non-news cable. So we've got some in, in NXT and in Raw who are really close to the trend of TV overall, but nobody is doing worse than the trend of TV overall in 18 to 49. And the same is, is true for total audience. Again, that's comparing March of this year to March of last year. And so now, this week, to help me, because I was having an existential crisis as I was recording the, uh, the episode of WrestleNomics Radio last week. I got through about 12 minutes of it, and as some people may know, which I've told some people in some of my various uh, appearances on other podcasts, it takes me about five hours to record an episode of WrestleNomics, because I stop and I start and I re- research, and I decided instead of doing that, let's try having someone come on here and help me and be the be the be the conrad to my um 
never mind. And uh, we'll we'll discuss the day the 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 topics of the week. And so to join me now, uh, uh, a, a correspondent of uh, of WrestleNomics who has been on WrestleNomics before. Yes. In the uh, we might call it the interregnum in the time between when Chris Harrington went on to future endeavors and when uh, the, the pandemic started and I started to do this every week, uh, Chris Gullo is here hey. to join us. Welcome, Chris Gullo. Well, thank you, uh, Brandon. Thanks for having me. I'm very uh, happy to be here. I, you know, what you do is, is pretty awesome. And uh, you have a really awesome listener base. Sir. Uh, very, I see when they comment, very active. And, you know, so this I'm is a big happy deal podcast. Yes, it is. I'm paying you in stage time today. <laughs> well, I'm a stand-up <laughs> comic. I've had a lot of that. So, um, so uh, tell tell us a little bit about Chris Gullo before we start. Who, who do you have? You done things in the wrestling business? Uh, yeah. So, uh, for oh, well, I mean, it'll be ten years later this year, but uh, for at least nine years, uh, mostly ring announcing, but I've uh, done a lot of refereeing too, and some managing and uh, commentary, rubber, but mostly ring announcing and refereeing have been the main things that I've done and, uh, you know, do stand up comedy on the side too. And as far as, you know, wrestling, uh, podcast, obviously I've been able to hop on here a couple of times. We used to do inside the empire together. Uh, and, yes. uh, right now I'm, I have a podcast called rediscovering Indies. It's a monthly podcast where we dive deep into a independent wrestling, uh, history topic. Uh, we're actually our xpw episode will be releasing uh this week and part one because it's going to be a lot of parts <laughs> it seems like uh but we've done a, a lot of cool things we've done del Gagne, uh roland alexander's apw uh blackcraft wrestling like there's and there's plenty more uh topics that we've done since we started it back in august mm-hmm. we used to do inside the empires the other the empire state wrestling yes podcast so uh I'm just going to put you in charge here in a, in a, in a moment. And you're just going <laughs> to okay. ask me stuff and we'll, we'll go to town, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll just, uh, we'll do it. I, we uh, actually come to think of it. The last time I was in a car that was going to an independent wrestling show, I think you were, we were in the same car going to excite, excite wrestling, wrestling in March, 2020. Yeah, that would, that would have been, was it March or was it February? The I've, I, according to cage match, the very last professional wrestling match that i've had as of today was for excite wrestling in march early march hmm. see i see i did interviews on didn't yeah that must be because because I always you know, you know why it was a square circle show i did okay but i but i wanted to bring this up because i rem, i distinctly remember i might have been in the, in the driver's seat but i distinctly remember chris gullo in my back seat talking about how yeah the media is overplaying this covid thing <laughs> I was wrong. I get to be that was wrong. <laughs> I, yeah. I wasn't like a denier. I just didn't think it was that bad, but it was also the, the world shut down a, a week later. And then, Hey, I'm a mask wearer. I keep my social distance. I have one of the vaccine shots. Oh, wait, can't wait wow. to get my second one. So, okay. Well, good for you. So yeah, you can take over now. Get in the driver's seat. All right. So we'll, we'll kind of get into it with really, uh, about uh, two weeks away from WrestleMania, tickets have gone on sale. Uh, it doesn't look like the a number that was kind of thrown out there, which was the forty five thousand each night, which uh, you know I personally thought was 
was really, really interesting that they wanted to do that. But uh, Brandon, so yeah, I mean, it looks like a lot of the, the pods have gone, but I even went on Ticketmaster myself today and saw a lot of single tickets for sale and they might even be secondhand retailers, which if that's the case, I don't think there's going to be any COVID testing or quarantining. I didn't see all the details on a ticket. So no, I don't think there's going to be any testing or quarantining required. Um, Oh, you're right. FYI, only single seats are left. I'm looking at Saturday. Um, Yeah. That's what it says here on Ticketmaster. If I I looked a couple days ago though, on the, uh, the secondary market on, on uh, sites like SeatGeek, and uh, vivid seats, and I saw that the, the barrier to entry was something like fifty or sixty dollars. So, I've uh, I've heard some things that maybe all the tickets that they have that they could put on sale have not yet been put on sale. If you look at at the Ticketmaster website, even just a, the day after tickets went on sale, it appeared that about a, you know a, a thousand to two thousand tickets were left for each day. Uh, and as, as people may know, the capacity is 25,000 for each day. So that would leave one to think that 24,000 tickets have been sold for each day. Um, that was kind of the impression that I was under until someone told me that maybe not all of the tickets that are on sale currently are all the tickets that are going to be put on sale. So I don't know. I guess, I guess we'll see. Something that crossed my mind, too, is it's going to be interesting because April is Q2 the Q2 earnings report will happen probably in late July or early August. Um, and it will be Q2. So that'll be covering the period of April 1st to June 30th. Probably there won't be any additional live events with tickets sold, at least to this extent um, by June 30th, I would, I would think. And even we may talk about too, the Sundome looks like they're going to be in the Sundome according to the Sundome website, maybe through August, who knows what'll happen. But, but anyway, yeah. point is, uh, when the Q2 earnings report comes out in the summer, we may get some idea about the, the paid attendance. We basically always do because of the way that W reports their information uh, and the key performance indicators. They have historically broken out the average attendance for the quarter with and without WrestleMania. I just did a video about this, but um, I think we'll get an idea of what the paid attendance is um, by the summer, but uh, we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll get an eyeball view of how many people are actually there. Uh, but, but yeah, it, uh, the, it does say on Ticketmaster. FYI, only single seats are left. You'll be sitting solo. But, uh, uh, what was the attendance, final attendance number for the Super Bowl? Did they ever release that? I know capacity was um, 25,000. And then I think they sold okay. that they had to put out. Um, they put a I lot know of, every ticket was sold. Cutouts. Yeah. yeah. I, I, so, yeah, I, I mean, that. That, that seems about right. Yeah. I, I didn't realize when I was watching the Super Bowl that, that you know they did like this helicopter shot and i was like oh my god there's like fifty thousand people there but I, apparently they put a bunch of cardboard cutouts in the in the stands i wonder if yeah, we'll do that like, for wrestlemania we'll see and and honestly it's a smart business tactic because i believe they charge for those cardboard cutouts so a lot of sports teams did this throughout the whole pandemic so imagine they chart what do you mean they charge for? so price? you can you you can pay a price and then they'll put a cardboard cutout of you in the stands a lot of sports teams did this in the pandemic. The Philadelphia Phillies, who I'm a fan of, were doing okay. it, and you paid. I think I think it was paid you like forty bucks, and the whole rest of the season, your 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 cardboard cutouts. In it's there. an image of you. It's an image of you there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is an it's another brilliant idea to make money during the pandemic. Like um, the the wrestling conventions that traditionally have 
tons of people at, you know, WrestleCon. I saw that they're doing the mail in your items and we'll have the people sign and send it back to you, which is something never really offered before for that type of convention. Interesting. Which I'm just glancing at SeatGeek here. Uh, you can get in Sunday for $60. You can get in Saturday for $58. So I take that for what it's worth. I mean, there's tickets, uh, of a lot of the tickets available, let's say way up in the 300s, that's worth 200 so I'm, I'm guessing at least some of these tickets on the secondary market are being sold a little face value. So it's, it's, it raises the question of did, uh, did, you know, scalpers pick off a lot of tickets off of Ticketmaster or whatever and think that, oh, this is going to instantly sell out and uh, try to you know resell them for, for an upcharge or, or, or what happened here. But there's still, I'm looking at this map and there's blue all over it, but it's light blue in, in most sections. So. All right. Um, shall we move on, Brandon? Sure. You you brought it up. The Sundome, formerly known the Sundome, is now the Yingling Center, will be the new home of the Thunderdome uh, in Tampa beginning uh, April 12th with with Monday Night Raw. Uh, this is, of course, happening because, you know, uh, Tropicana has to be there for baseball as the Tampa Bay Rays uh, hit the field, I believe, the first or second week of April. So, obviously, they have to move there uh, to uh, the Sun Dome, and yeah, as you reported, it looks to be four months. How long do you really think it's going to be? Because I think be, they could base themselves in Florida, but possibly look for an outdoor venue come early summer. Yeah, I don't know. I, I sort of entertain the idea that maybe they would stay at Raymond James Stadium because it's an outdoor venue, and uh, they could probably continue to, you know, it'd be, it'd be safer to bring people in, in into the stadium to be spectators, but uh no, they're going to go to the, the Sun Dome, uh, and uh, that's it's not something that I've reported, but I've seen. I think it's um, Jacob Cohen on on Twitter. Do you know who that is? That's the uh, Florida uh, wrestling fan who, yes. who shares a lot of information. Um, but it, it's on the Sun Dome website apparently through August. Now that doesn't necessarily mean that W is going to run with no fans through August, but that maybe. Uh, and I bet we could get the uh, some uh, information on the agreement because Florida has this uh, sunshine law. It's, it's pretty, it, I guess it depends on who owns the sun dome with USF university of Southern Florida. That, that might not be a, uh, a state that might not be eligible for a FOIA request, but people like um, John Alba and David Bixen's fan would, would know. Um, maybe, so maybe in other words, maybe there's a way we get, get a, a copy of the agreement between the sun dome and, um, and WWE. But uh, I, I imagine that if the, if they feel that you know they can go and run events safely or or to to a sufficient capacity to where they want to start running events again, that they will. But um, we'll see. Um, UFC is going to run a full capacity event in the same month, of Jacksonville, in April. Yeah, and it's I think it's and already sold out. Right? All tickets are sold out. Yep, all yeah. take. Which what what stops? WWE from going. All right, you know, take the Thunderdome down. We have the Sun Dome to August, August, but let's let's sell. Let's just try to sell it every week. Yeah, I, I mean, you would get people traveling there just to go to a live wrestling show, live WWE show. Yeah, I think uh, the, the WWE clientele is a little bit different than the UFC clientele in that I think there's probably something about the UFC fan base or the kind of people who will buy tickets for a UFC show that uh, probably I think they the, that kind of fan I would guess is more excited about going to an event pandemic or not than the average yeah. w ticket buyer well plus dana white was the first to want to actually run a live sports event when the pandemic happened <laughs> so he wanted to run the fight card that they they 
try to stop him and all that. And he wanted to buy the island and all that. So I'm, I'm sure Vince is upset about not being first, but he gets to say that he they never stopped. That that is true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of big things, of course, happened with, with WWE with WrestleMania on the horizon, moving to the uh, Yingling Center. Uh, but a big thing that happened was uh, WWE Network officially became part of Peacock on March 18th. And there's a lot to go with this here. Uh, first off, um, it has not been an easy transition. I know a lot of we'll talk about that first. Um, a lot of uh, people don't think it's user friendly as far as you can't you know, pause a live broadcast and rewind back or say you little late can't start the pay-per-view until eight o'clock. So you get that home at eight o'clock and Oh, you can't rewind. And uh, there's a lot of features that were great on the WWE network that you do not have on Peacock. Right. So I've, uh, I've poked around on the Peacock. I have not uh, signed up for a premium subscription yet. I I guess I will by WrestleMania. I, I guess I can't not watch WrestleMania, but, um, I've, I've messed around on it and I know the search isn't very good. And I know the, the big thing that doesn't make sense is organizing events by year instead of mm-hmm. uh, organ, organizing them by season instead of by year. And you have to just sort of figure out that season, uh, whatever, uh, uh 10 of, of WrestleMania is actually WrestleMania 10. That's probably a bad example. Cause that's the one that uses a number to, to, uh, that's how Hulu used order. to do it back when you would watch old Raws when Hulu would have, they, they used to do it like that. Yeah. But I, I've I've gone through the the network on Peacock and I, and I know there are these these other things like like pausing uh, a live program and uh, the search is not as good. Not that the search was necessarily great with the W network, but they did have the indexing in there. Um, but I I didn't find and I know a lot of the content. The big issue is that a lot of the content is not going to move over until August until SummerSlam, according to the press release that they put out. But I, I don't find the interface to be that much worse. At least when I I'm, I'm using an Apple TV, and maybe the experience is different. People can tell us if it's not. Uh, it maybe the experience is different on other devices versus what it is on Apple TV. But uh, I, I I sort of just sat there and said, all right, let me find a, a WWE pay per view, and let me find a Clash of the Champions, uh, and, and let me find a, a WWE pay per view. And I, I was able to find you know let me find NXT Takeover because that takeovers are weird. Are they pay per views or are they not? But uh, I was able to find the things that I, you know, that I randomly chose to try to find in, in a in relatively little amount of time. Um, <clears throat> the other thing, though, is that uh, they're uh, censoring the content. Uh, we know that uh, the Roddy Piper and Bad News Brown match, yep. as well as the promo that preceded it, is gone. Uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, what's that quote that I sent you earlier today, Gullo? You have an I would have. L- 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 I'd have to find the notes there. Let me think. I see if I can remember. Basically, they're saying that NBC Universal is going through all seventeen thousand hours of the W library, and they have uh, they have decided to edit out the WrestleMania six match between Roddy Piper and Bad News Brown. They're editing out the segment between Vince McMahon and Booker T from Survivor Series two thousand five, where uh, Vince McMahon uses the N word and. Uh, Actually, somebody DM'd me, and I haven't uh, checked on this myself. But somebody told me that the um, the video packages from the 1998 uh, SummerSlam are missing, and uh, I wonder what's maybe that's a way of uh, not uh, uh, using the uh, the blackface stuff with uh, the Nation of Domination uh, DX. Yeah. 
maybe that's what's happening there, but that's just something that somebody said to me. Um, so maybe that's something that's happening. Uh, so I think as time goes on, just as time goes on, more stuff will be edited out. I think as they actually sit and watch the programming, I think they're almost tipped off. Like watch this first to see if this is offensive or not. Cause those are like two of the biggest things fans bring up. But now like you brought up uh, the, the DX parody of nature domination. And there's a lot of other stuff that they, I mean, there's Terry Funk promos in Smoky mountain that don't have great stereotypes of the Viennese. Like well, there's, there's, there's yeah. no there's no end to it in the history of pro wrestling. The history of pro wrestling is no, there's no of, end to it of this business using uh, you know all sorts of stereotypes, uh, racial and otherwise, to uh, elicit reactions. Um, so yeah, as, as a lot of people have said, uh, you, this this could be a slippery slope in terms of where do you stop and do you uh, by by beginning this process of of of, of censoring some things, do you not? Uh, leave the opening to say, Oh, well, you care about this and the people in this group and not people in that group. Um, is it, so is it a slippery slope in that way? And, uh, and you know, the, there's a Patreon audio that I did earlier this week, uh, where we talk about, I think, um, you know, is it, is it not the case that you're sort of erasing the history or, or letting people think that, Oh, we never did anything like that. You know, it's not as if you're, being totally transparent about this and putting out a statement and saying, this is what we're doing. You're just quietly doing it. You're quietly removing Vince McMahon using the N word. Should they have the same disclaimers that Disney plus puts in front of the Muppets? What, what do they, what do they do? You, you have to tell me that it, this episode may include this episode does include racial insensitive in the comments. You know, we like to learn from this. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's more than one episode, but the episode that I came upon was a Steve Martin hosted episode where he made like an Asian um, okay. stereotype. Uh, so I, I mean, it might be like, Hey, this was bad. Let's learn from our mistakes instead mm-hmm. of just, you know, delete it at all. But yeah, so I, I do have that quote, just basically that they're making to be aware of all the edits, uh, you know, and they're going with their standards and practices peak. Cox, but I can't see WWE saying, "Oh no, no, no! You have to leave that in there." Like they're getting a lot of money a year. I don't think they're no, yeah. I I, I don't think WWE really minds what they do with the library. Um, you know, WWE is getting a billion dollars over five years for this deal, which averages out to two hundred million dollars per year. To put that in in some context, there's something we discussed about before, of course, here in WrestleNomics. But just to remind everybody, um, you know, WWE makes about a billion dollars per year in revenue. The SmackDown deal is worth $205 billion per year. The Raw deal is $265 billion per year. This is the U.S. deals, not, not globally or anything. So it's, it's like an additional SmackDown deal per year. Um, and I think they're happy to have you know, the money. And uh, the library is not a, a huge deal in terms of the general population who are going to engage with WWE content on Peacock. Uh, Probably the majority and, the, and certainly the biggest piece of, of, of the deal is uh, is the pay-per-views. Uh, who's going to go through the library? Hardcore fans are. Um, I've, I've heard some speculation, too, that maybe, uh, maybe this results in Peacock just sort of throwing their hands up and saying, you know, I don't, we don't, we don't want to vet this entire library. Maybe we'll just not publish most of it. We'll not put, put a lot of it back on, uh, on, on Peacock. Um, maybe. Uh, Rick Cordella, who's the executive vice president and chief revenue officer for Peacock. And I 
if, if press release quotes are any indication, he's the person who made the deal with, with Nick Khan, who is WWE's chief revenue officer and president. Um, he, he you know, said that um, they're not planning on not putting it all over. He said that they're planning on bringing it all over. It just takes time. He didn't mention vetting for content, but he did. He said it takes time to, to move over the closed captioning and the metadata and things of that nature. So we'll see. I, I, I would tend to guess that not much more ends up being edited, but uh, I'm sure people on Twitter will be watching closely. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just one, like one of those things that obviously everyone just thinks it would just go right over there, but it clearly them going through it is why it's going to take a long time uh, for it to uh, actually be more, you know, user-friendly as far as being able to find what you're trying to find. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't, WWE wasn't going to put up some stuff we wanted anyways. They have tons of Crockett footage and Mid-South footage and Memphis and a lot of stuff that they were never going to put up anyway. So it's just one of those kind of just got to find it elsewhere (laughs) type scenarios. But here's one thing I do want to bring up while we're still on this. Do you now are you do you ever get reports on WWE network numbers by country? Like as far as subscription rises and all that, because I already know of some people that have used a VPN. Mm-hmm. And yeah. use an address um, of England or Australia yeah. to, so, so <laughs> to keep uh, the same network. Yeah. Um, so WWE reports the domestic, the U.S. subscriber numbers, and then they report international. Um, it's, about, it's about 73% domestic. It's about whatever the opposite of that is, 28% or 27% international. Um, the, the, I mean, we don't get it in, in any, any more um, specific breakdown in terms of the international countries than that mm-hmm. um but i would think it, it whatever the leading countries are internationally are whatever the leading countries are in terms of uh of of, of you know I, I would think that the uk is the number one country outside of the u.s but um no i think um i think some people will use vpns i don't think it's going to be such a big number first of all I don't know what the future is going to hold as far as how is W going to continue to report information of any kind to their investors and yeah. to the, into the public related to the W network. Uh, as people might know, for the last seven years, they have reported the uh, the number of subscribers at the end of the period, the quarter, and the average of average subscribers throughout the quarter. So, what are they even going to do now that the, the majority of their service has been handed off to to Peacock? Um, which, you know, it's a service that they don't own that NBC Universal and Comcast own. So I don't know what information we're going to get about subscribers after Q1 2021. Um, <clears throat> but I think, yes, some people are going to use VPNs, but I think that's, it's not going to be a, such a huge number that it's going to, even if we were getting numbers, be that noticeable, if, even yeah. if we were getting numbers. But that doesn't, curious that, the that doesn't mean that there would... aren't, it doesn't mean that there aren't, opportunities for niche wrestling podcasts to obtain vpn sponsors though that that is that is a a legitimate piece of business all right so uh as as we uh head off of here and um, move on a little forward uh kind of change company gears a little bit and talk about impact wrestling who has made the decision uh beginning april 8th to move the thursday nights which it doesn't seem like anybody is upset about this decision. It's probably the best move with NXT moving to Tuesdays and with really Tuesday, just being a crowded market as it is. Yeah. So uh, NXT has not uh, announced publicly that they're going to move to Tuesday. It's um, this, yeah. Well, 
the hopefully, they, hopefully they are. Otherwise, the joke's on impact. Um, no, but th- there's reports I think from uh, Meltzer that uh, they're going to move on April 12th. Um, they haven't announced that, but I, I guess it makes sense to wait and not cause confusion. To probably wait until the last Wednesday to say, "Hey, watch us next week on Tuesday." Um, that said, or even announce it on Takeover. <clears throat> yeah, that that yeah. also. I think it's interesting that um, Impact is going to run their first Thursday going head-to-head with NXT TakeOver 2, which is going to be on Peacock. So they're still going to be running head-to-head uh, against an NXT TakeOver, and they're, they're moving a week before NXT would make its move. I don't, I don't know why. Who knows? Um, I wonder why, why not just wait until the following week, um, maybe to, to give off some you know, uh, impression that we're not really moving because of NXT's move. Um, but, um, no, I think it's, it's the best thing for, for impact to move to, to Thursday. Um, if they had stayed on Tuesday and went head to head with, with NXT, we have an example in history of what happens when that happens. We had two Tuesdays, uh, either in, uh, in August or September, cause there were four weeks there where NXT and AEW because of playoffs and hockey and basketball, uh, they were preempted to different times in the week. On two occasions, NXT was moved from Wednesday to Tuesday at 8 p.m., running head-to-head with Impact. And Impact's viewership dropped uh, somewhere between a third and a half. So if Impact decided to stick it out on Access and stay on Tuesday night, they would have probably lost one-third to one-half of their viewership. Um, Now, where does Impact uh, land in the grand scheme of things on, on Access? Well, since Impact Wrestling has had its numbers start to appear on, on the Showbuzz Daily Top 150 that people like me look at every day, uh, that's only been happening since December, since you know, uh, Impact has started to show up there. And, and since that time, I am aware of one other access show that appeared in the Top 150. So at least, and, and when I say Top 150, we're talking about P18 to 49, uh, not total viewership, but, but that's the advertising demo. And there's so in other words, there's no other show that's probably coming close to to impact in terms of 18 to 49. So impact is probably Access's number one show. If you you know you don't want to have your number one show lose 33 to 50% of its audience. Yeah. So it's, it was probably an easy, easy decision for Access and for Impact to just move it to Thursday. And that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, and Thursdays are wide open. I mean, they, there's there nobody's releasing internet shows or anything like that. I think Thursday may be the release date that the Roku channel puts up New Japan, but I think that's the only thing that that happens on Thursdays, and that's obviously not no, nobody's watching. Make that. a difference. Nobody's watching. Yeah, to be honest. Um, Beyond Wrestling, excuse me, I think is running on Thursday. The signature series, right? Uh, that 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 does. Yeah, that does air on uh, wrestling. Wrestling on five days a week now. Starting in on on April twelfth, they'll be wrestling on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, prime I'm, time. I wait for the day that Saturdays and Sundays have wrestling again. Right. No, nobody will take it, Sunday because they want to leave that slot open for pay per views. For pay per views. But uh, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe Access will pick up New Japan again and put that on uh, on Saturday nights. So. Well, I always thought NWA since it's on demand anyway should just put put it on at six oh five on Saturday and fight. Like I don't know why they don't. Just do that. <laughs> and to add to that, uh, AEW is going to, is supposed to put another show on TNT in 2021. Yes. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised to see that go on Friday somewhere, but we'll see. Uh, maybe not head to head with, with SmackDown, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that go on Friday. I have speculated in the past that maybe Saturday, because that was the first place that they preempted to, uh, over the summer, mm-hmm. but, uh, maybe Friday. We'll see. Um, that's just a guess. And maybe we'll talk about this now, the roads to the top. Yeah, we can get right into that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we have a time slot for it, but go, go ahead and introduce what roads to the top. I sent you, well, the I was just kind of, you, you did, you did send me the press release and, uh, I have that, that up here for you. Oh, where's the PDF? I did have the PDF up. There we go. All right, perfect. Yes, TNT has ordered Rhodes to the top. A look inside the lives of AEW power couple Cody and Brandy Rhodes as they add a new chapter and member to the Rhodes family legacy. It's a new unscripted unscripted series Sorry, that goes behind the scenes of AEW. Uh, and um, just uh, going here, uh, Co- Corey Henson, EVP, uh, head of unscripted for TBS, TNT, and True tv added aw fans no brandy and cody inside a ring and roads to the top will peel back the curtain of their lives off the mat running a business together as the stars of dynamite juggling friends and family and introducing a new baby into the rose dynasty is sure to be a wild ride since the 19 late 60s the rhodes family has been in one spotlight or another said cody and brandy Rhodes. people uh think they know us but this show is the first true look behind the curtain and beyond the ring they'll see us fail and succeed but most importantly they'll see us better than ourselves as we travel the roads to the top um so a scripted series which is a euphemism for reality tv in the, in the tv yeah. industry i've come to learn um it's a new buzz but, term for it yes yeah or unscripted series excuse me yeah unscripted, unscripted. yeah unscripted. um i would I, uh, we don't know of a debut premiere date there's no premiere date announced as far as I know. No. It wasn't in that press release, certainly, but there's a trailer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see this uh, as the as the lead out of, of Dynamite um, when it, whenever it comes out. Um, to think about, I'm, and I'm surprised I didn't think of this, you know, before this came out, that if you think about how WWE makes money, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, AEW has a lot of those things covered in a much smaller, to a much smaller degree. I, I would imagine that uh, AEW is probably making a tenth or less, probably less than a tenth, one tenth of the revenue that WWE makes in a year. Um, but uh, you think about the ways that WWE makes money in terms of, well, ticket sales, if they can, merchandise sales, obviously, t- TV rights money. Okay, AEW's got that covered. Uh, again, all these things to a smaller degree. But product licensing, starting to do video games and mobile games. Okay, uh, action figures, they're doing that. Um, they don't do a, a, a streaming service, but they do pay-per-view sort of in that place. And uh, one, one of the ways, though, that, that W makes money is they do these unscripted series, whether it's Total Divas, Total Bellas, or Ms. and Mrs. Total Divas seems to be done, by the way. That, that's it's just yeah. you know it's been a couple of years i think now since there's been a new season but i think Total it's bellas, just moved into total bellas now, total yeah. bellas has kind of spun off and become you know the the main feature there and uh Ms. and mrs is still uh, i think still going so yep. it, it looks to me like WWE makes somewhere around 20 million dollars per year for their reality programming um that's not something that's explicitly reported but it's reported within the other media segment which uh, if you make some assumptions about what everything else is worth in that segment, uh, you can kind of figure it out. Um, so somewhere, somewhere around like a little bit less than a million dollars per episode, something like that. So you could probably 
I would guess that uh, the uh, the roads to the top would make some somewhere around that, maybe on the lower end of that, just because it's the first season. Um, so, what what would that mean? You know, out of it, I guess it depends on how many episodes the season is, but you could probably just I don't know three quarters of a million dollars per episode, something like that, two thirds of a million dollars, and then multiply that by the number of episodes and figure that's roughly the revenue that goes to to AEW for that. I think that's, that's a, this is an AEW thing, not just a, something that, that, that uh, Cody and Brandy are doing besides. I think it's in, included in the, uh, and, and just by the fact that AEW is the one who sent out the press release makes me think that this is an AEW business thing. So it's, it's, yeah. And I think the lead thing. out. Yeah. Well, I think the lead out's a really big deal because I mean, if you have on average about seven or 50,000 people watching dynamite, even if you grab a third of that for the, 10 to 11 o'clock hour. That's probably better than what TNT has been doing. Yeah. And this is another way for there to be synergy in the Turner world for, for, uh, which is, which is something that we've already seen a few examples of, right? Like, um, well, there was Snoop Dogg coming on to, to dynamite in, in, uh, in accompaniment with his appearances on the go big show, right? Cody mm-hmm. being on that show. Yep. As well. Um, Shaq, a TNT NBA analyst, coming on and having a match. Um, maybe there's other examples. The Christmas story stuff. There you go. The Christmas. That was a, that was a big deal. People, people slept on that. Like this is a channel. TBS is known because they play the Christmas story for 24 hours on Christmas. It's been their thing. All, almost everybody knows that. And the fact that this year they had AEW like little clips uh, of them playing the characters and stuff. That was a pretty big deal. Because a lot of people will sit and watch that two hours of the Christmas story on Christmas uh, on uh, TBS, and they got exposed to AEW. I think people don't realize how big of a deal that actually was. And so when we think about like how how much money can an AEW or a WWE get for their TV rights in the future? When, you know, everybody's aware of the ratings. We're we're following the ratings uh, every week. But another thing that matters is how much. Does having your property, having your show, allow us to drive your audience to other shows on our network? So, so I think that's that's something that uh, Turner is, is trying to to see how how much value can we get out of uh, out of AEW? Can we get AEW by having AEW? Do we do we then get a promotional vehicle to get people to watch the Go Big Show? Do we get a promotional vehicle for people to watch more NBA basketball? Do we get a promotional vehicle f- uh, for people to watch a new series? all the roads to the top. So, so that's, that's something to keep in mind when we think about what kind of TV rights deal is WWE going to get or AEW going to get when their term comes up in a couple of years. Um, ratings are important and uh, ad rates are important, uh, but how much value you can get, you can get out of the synergy of having your program is, is another factor that matters to you. So I guess to, and to, to, to put that in some sort of concrete context, so I guess like if this show does, does well, I don't know what well really means. We can, that'll be another discussion, but if this show does really well, that bodes well for AEW's future TV rights fees. If it, if it freaking bombs, well then that, that's a problem, but I'm sure we'll watch it closely. Well, yeah, it's not just having the rights of, Hey, it's live wrestling that, you know, people don't really watch on, you know, tape. So it, obviously that's the hottest property to have, but you can spin off other maybe cheaper programming and that's the thing about wrestling it's cheaper to produce compared to a lot of shows uh and then reality shows are a lot cheap so i mean you got a wrestling show that does very good ratings for your network uh 
based on all, uh, the rest of your shows. And then on top, you can get cheaper programming spun off of that. That will at least get a portion, a chunk of that buy. I mean, yeah, I think that does raise the value of AEW's uh, TV rights huge. And I think that has been one of the things with WWE. You're not just buying a wrestling show. You're buying a, a brand that you can put on other things. I mean, I mean, you even see it with with NBC on the Peacock. Uh, they have the Punky Brewster show, which they have. I have, I think, Alexa Bliss and maybe Sasha Banks. They have a few of the WWE uh, re- wrestlers on their Punky Brewster show, which is in a Peacock exclusive. So the Peacock. I, I insist that peacock. you refer to it as the Peacock. I like to call it the Peacock. Yeah, instances. the Peacock. <laughs> so Wait, it's, a, it's a brand. Yeah, there's a lot of cross promotion. That's yeah. That's uh, probably already happening, but uh, one of the things that Nikon hyped uh, on the last earnings call was that you're going to see a lot of cross-promotion between NBC Universal programs and uh, NW programs, for example. I think during the – was the Super Bowl on NBC this year? Am I remembering that right? Um, or there was a playoff game that was on NBC, and that's when – uh wb put out this this like this commercial with with triple h and stephanie being it was the afc it was the afc east championship okay that the buffalo bills were in oh okay there we go yes Yes. yeah that's how i remember big big bills fan uh yeah chris cola by the way broadcasting from a studio in niagara falls we are we are distanced by many many, many miles here many miles yes yeah as i'm sure you can tell from the production quality but uh no, yeah, uh, but but yeah, there there was they they put out that that video where where Triple H and Stephanie were being news anchors and they were announcing that W was coming to Peacock. I think that's the, the gist of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, in other words, expect um, more cross promoting when when uh, NBC has a big sports event coming up. You might see a W person make a cameo, and uh, you might see uh, more NBC Universal TV show stars come and make an appearance, celebrity appearance on W programming, which everyone will love, yeah. I'm sure. And I like I expect AEW talents to pop on TNT and TBS, especially TBS that comes. It's just really easy to just get a wrestler on there. Uh, it's not hard to to do. You know, hey, play a wrestler in this wrestler episode. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something I, I can absolutely see happening. And in Atlanta, a lot of the TNT, TBS, all the writers a lot are in Atlanta. So if you know Cody Rhodes is there, and you know meeting with them. I could see a lot more of that. Yep. All right. So if we want to kind of jump around a little bit, uh, we were talking about the NFL and talk about the big NFL rights deal that just happened. We're talking about rights and this NFL deal is huge and spans among many networks, uh, including the return of football to ABC, but as well as Amazon prime, even getting more, yes. uh, streaming uh streaming rights for games which i think is a bigger deal than that's being talked about yeah um i, th- I think amazon getting the nfl they're, so they're going to get uh exclusive they have exclusive rights you, you might know this in more detail better than you do than i do they're getting exclusive rights to thursday night football yes which 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 they did not have before they would it would be an additional thing you could watch in this and amazon prime like right and I think they're the exclusive streamer. I don't know if it'll still air between Fox and CBS, but as far as streaming, exclusively on Amazon Prime. But there's going to so. be there's going to be some. I think all right, because some of them were on Fox, but there's going to be all, all Thursday night games. Yeah, are they also will be on Amazon Prime? Yeah, you can only watch them through through streaming. 
I, as far as I believe, it was the wording was a little weird, but Amazon Prime does Someone's have exclusive tweet games. Someone's going to tweet yes. me. I know. They're going <laughs> to, yeah. I think so, because they're going to have to figure out how they're going to produce this. Because somebody else is not, uh, this is not uh, being carried by another major TV network. So somebody else is going to have to produce this for Amazon or they're going to have to put, put together some sort of uh, production team. But anyway, um, it, it looks like the NFL got a, a good upgrade for, for all their deals here. ESPN, by the way, I've heard is going to get uh, ESPN slash ABC is going to get uh, uh, one of the Super Bowl games in the rotation here. But uh, I, I think this there's there's two things here in that it's another statement that the the market for live sports uh, rights is is on the rise, at least for the biggest property. Now, does having to pay uh, such enormous and now increasing fees for the NFL start to eat the lunch of those that are worth less than, than the NFL. I don't know, maybe. Um, but, but maybe this just both, you know, just signals that uh, the, the value of everybody's live sports rights are on, on the rise. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, they do have the exclusive rights to Thursday night games, by the way. Okay. So you have to go, you have to have Amazon, Prime, which by the way, most people Huge. in this country have Amazon prime. So it's not as if some, this isn't, isn't a platform that most people don't have access to like Peacock. Um, I listened to uh, Scott Galloway, who's a tech podcast and professor person that people may be familiar with. He points out often that more people have Amazon prime than own a pet in this country and things like just weird. But see, they don't have it really for the streaming. No, they have it for for other reasons. Yes. Yes. But they have Um, Amazon prime. So, but Amazon has also stepped up their game with exclusivity. Like they bought the rights of coming to America too, and Borat, and now and now this is a pretty big deal. So this sort of opens up. This is you know what's been speculated about on at least one W earnings conference call is that are we going to have a day in the future, maybe in time for the next round of negotiations for W or AEW for that matter, where the potential buyers of your property are not just major cable networks or for non-cable networks like Fox, but the fangs, the, the, these giant companies, which are Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google are they obviously Amazon is interested in sports. They're, they're doing the NFL and they're doing a variety of other international sports rights, right? There may even be a U.S. soccer thing, but um, are there going to be others that are going to get involved with live sports? Netflix hasn't yet. Would would Google slash YouTube? I don't I don't know. Would Apple get involved in that? I don't know. And what am I? Did I name all of them here? Facebook. Well, Facebook has. Remember, they did the WWE mixed tag team series. So the impression I got is that Facebook. Yeah. So so season one was world was US only. Season two was worldwide. Um, I don't know. The impression I I get was that was not a rousing success. But but I think it was an experiment to see if there was if if they could you know do something with with live wrestling anyway they also aired uh lavar balls big baller that's brand right. basketball league as well yeah that's right but we'll, we'll so see facebook it, has doubled yeah we'll see it's something to, to to think about us and watch that if does does netflix start to get involved with anything that's live do any of these other major tech companies get start to get involved with anything that's live because these are companies that certainly um can afford it uh, all these companies are uh you know they're they're making money they're not uh like some of some of the other big tech companies that are highly valued but are not yet profitable, um, so we will we will watch. I, I I tend to believe that in in the next round, AEW will get a 
large increase in TV rights fees. So I think it's substantially undervalued and was, you know, given a, a lower fee because it's a new program. And I think I think WWE is still probably undervalued. You know, as, as you mentioned, Golo, there's a it's it's really expensive to produce a scripted TV show that's one hour, mm-hmm. and uh, you got to produce a few of those to replace a wrestling program that's two two hours, or in the case of Raw, three hours. Um, and uh, it's more expensive per episode and per hour than wrestling is. And a scripted TV show is only going to give you. A, 20 some odd new episodes first run each year. Uh, a scripted TV show is not going to be very DVR proof. Wrestling is more DVR proof. It's not as DVR proof as live, the rest of the live sports world is shoot sports, but it's more DVR proof than scripted programming. Um, yeah. and, and it's, and it's still you know quite cheap. You know, it, it, I think it, it could cost, you know, somewhere around $5 million for a good one hour scripted drama. And, and again, you're only getting 20 some odd episodes a year and Raw and SmackDown, AEW, they run an NXT, they run and even Impact run 52 weeks a year or at least 50 weeks a year. And uh, they're in, in non-pandemic times, they are alive 52 weeks a year. So it's a, it's, it's, it's a pretty good deal, I think, for these, these cable companies. And uh, they are going to continue to badly need the most popular programs that they have in the future to keep the value of their bundle together to keep the value of their, their cable network together, whether, whether the future of cable TV is in the bundle or not. Um, I think there's still going to be a large demand for popular live sports programming. And uh, again, whether that's inside the bundle or outside the bundle, I think that value is going to continue to live there and, and still for at least the next several years grow there because I think there's still going to be a, an audience for this live programming. And uh, the, the big question I think is like, where, where does something like NXT fall in where they're not as highly viewed as even AEW is? Does, does NXT get an upgrade? We may, may or may not ever know their, their deal is up in September. And uh, I don't, I don't get the sense that we're going to get details reported leaked out by those who are, who are making the deal. Um, but we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we'll get an announcement whether well, whether or not it's it's renewed. And I would expect NXT to stay. Um, and NXT is going to move to Tuesday because USA Network is, is absorbing all this uh, hockey programming uh, from from NBC Sports Network. And I think the, the deal is not done. We know that the NHL has made a new deal to go back to to be on ESPN. Yep. What people are calling the A package for the NHL, and probably NBCU is going to renew and get the B package, which presumably is going to include Wednesday night hockey. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just when you talk about the scripted series, here's the other thing too, that scripted series run the risk of that wrestling really hasn't is a huge ratings drop off from the first episode to the second episode. We've seen it with wrestling, like a company will premiere like a W and then it will drop off. But some of these drop-offs for like, hey, there's a lot of buzz on this TV show, and then the next week, I mean, we're talking hundreds and thousands, hundreds and hundreds of thousands. You even saw with Young Rock. Young Rock had such a big premiere, and it keeps dropping down a hundred, hundreds of thousands, like just like that. And you run a huge risk of that. Wrestling, even if it drops off, it never has a catastrophic drop like that. Yeah. TV series finale is a good uh, website to follow scripted programming ratings on yeah but all right so next we can uh 
move on uh, kind of back to AEW, and they're actually running their first house show on Friday, April 9th during WrestleMania weekend. Uh, and that will be in Jacksonville. Obviously, a lot of interesting things. Uh, this will not be a televised, not even something they'll put on Bleach Report, which I th- thought uh, would be something put on Bleach Report Live is maybe even like a free thing, like they've done Fighter Fighter Fest. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a house show, and the distance between Jacksonville and Tampa is like three three and a half hours, so it's not ideal either to get that audience. But it's a very interesting move by AEW, but probably a smart one. Yeah, I, I've am mildly surprised, but it probably makes sense. I, I I've I've speculated in the past that maybe we'll never see AEW run a house show, but here they are running a house show. I it probably just made sense because they're going to this is this is a Thursday, right? April 9th. And uh they're gonna be taping on Wednesday, maybe on Tuesday too. I I, I really don't know what their their schedule is like. I think Wednesday Thursday is when you do the tapings. Yeah. And uh, this is right by WrestleMania, so they figure they probably have a, a strong population of wrestling fans in in the driving distance, even though it is three hours. Um, so it's 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 probably not costing them much in, in terms of additional production or travel expenses or COVID testing. So it's just uh, an extra day to sell tickets and sell merchandise. I mean, they're, they're, you got these traveling fans if they are there, and they're probably going to be strong merch buyers. So it's a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a revenue opportunity that probably doesn't cost them much extra expense to run. So it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and talents were going to stay there anyways. Uh, a lot of those talents are mostly appearing like WrestleCon, but even some of them are doing some of the media weekend indie events, not a lot of them, but some of them are. So it, it was it just kind of like, it just kind of made, I mean, it makes sense. If you're already in Florida, why not do it? You know? So. Speaking of AEW, yeah. time Bill Collier versus John Moxley is coming up on on Dark or Dark Elevation. Dark Elevation. Dark yes. Elevation. Big time Bill Collier. I, I heard he did very well, and this may not even be the only match that he had, and that we'll we'll be seeing from him upcoming in uh, in AEW. From I hear the same rumblings. So. So, uh, but yeah, I, I uh, it's uh, I think. Bill Collier is, I know I'm biased because I know uh, my region better than any other region. I'm most familiar with it, but uh, he's, de- he's definitely been somebody who's uh, the, like the, the always main event or always on a high profile mm-hmm. match in the Indies, especially the Indies that I've been on him. He's like, he's always there. And uh, you know, he's somebody who's done a lot of main event matches and he's always uh, in the big matches. And he's uh, somebody who's uh, improved his, his ring work and his physique over time. It's uh He's one of the people that you look at and think like, why isn't he somewhere uh, with TV? Why hasn't, why haven't we already seen him have a, a bunch of shots in, in a bunch of places? So it'll be interesting to, to see uh, if anything more happens for him with AEW. Yeah. I'm very happy else. for him. Yeah. Uh, one of the things about Bill is he can work with any type of style, you know, whether it's a technical wrestler or a high flyer or a big brawler, like Bill can put on a really a great match for almost everybody. He's he's elevated people locally with with the matches he's had with them. So yeah, he's somebody who's I've 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 often like you know he'll be in the main event and I'll 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 be in some other match well well beforehand. So you get the chance to sort of stick your head out and watch and uh, you know mm-hmm. whether he's in in there with someone somebody who's very talented or somebody who's very inexperienced or or new or whatever he he, he can ha- he can carry somebody through a really good match and it's impressive how you know you kind of. Uh, 
the, the near falls happen and you get on, on the journey and the story of, of a, of a main event match, uh, get people sucked in no matter what. And it's, uh, he's somebody that the rest of the wrestling world should know about. Yeah. I've had the uh, pleasure to not only ring announcer, but the referees, some of those main event matches. And yeah, I think you get a cardio with those near falls as well. So mm-hmm. yes, you get a workout for sure. Um, so, uh, Looking at the, the docket here, Brandon, uh, um, you have a sir a WrestleNomics survey to go over results. A net promoter score. Do you know what a net promoter score is, Chris Gullo? Um, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna lie to say I do. So net promoter score is, is uh, so I've done I've done one data point of net promoter score, which were surveys that I did in, in late December and early January. That was part of the. Russellomics 2020 industry report. Um, so basically a net promoter score to tell you the math behind it is basically we ask you, would, how likely would you be to recommend this program on a scale? I should really be doing this on a scale of, of one to 10 or zero to 10, but because I'm using Google forms and Google forms doesn't display 10, 10 points like that very well. I've chosen to do zero to five. So, z- so zero is defined as I would definitely not recommend it. Five is defined as I would definitely recommend it. And um, so net promoter score, the math behind it is basically we define everybody who, who, who rates it a five, that person is a promoter of that product. Everybody who rates it a zero to a three is a detractor of that product. Everybody who rates it a four is, is a passive. We're not going to, you're irrelevant to our, to our formula. So what it is, is we take the percentage of people who responded five uh, and we subtract from that the percentage of people who responded zero to three. We, we, we take the percentage of promoters, we subtract the percentage of detractors. And from that, we have either a positive or a negative number, and we call that your net promoter score. And um, the, the leader in net promoter score is, is basically AEW, and they, they were in the, in the January to December uh, study and in the... Uh, the March study that I just completed. By the way, how do how do we at- obtain these uh, responses? Rather than uh, just sending a a survey out on my Twitter account where I get lots of people who think like I do uh, to respond to it, I put out a Facebook ad that because we have patrons of WrestleNomics who are contributing financially to this uh, wonderful endeavor, we have some money that I can use to invest in Facebook ads so that hopefully we're getting a more not a perfectly random sample, but it is a more random sample than we would have otherwise. So <clears throat> there is a, the, basically an article is now as of this afternoon on patreon.com slash Anybody can sign up for $5 a month and, and go through it and, and look at the results and look at the charts. Um, I've, I've split out this time the, uh, the regular viewers of, of each program from the occasional viewers of each program. And, um, the results are that that makes the results I think a bit more fair. Um, but basically, we see that uh, that AEW is so the the programs by the way are Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Impact Wrestling, and Ring of Honor, and uh, and New Japan. Sample size for New Japan is pretty small. In uh, by one measurement, we have fifteen regular viewers of new Japan responding to this survey. So that's a pretty small sample size that uh, I'm not ready to take that too seriously. But uh, if I can make this bigger here, the number of people though, responding who say they are regular viewers 
of Raw is 124, of SmackDown 122, of AEW 114. So that's better. Uh, NXT is 77. Uh, the other brands, though, are smaller. Impact is 37, Ring of Honor is 25, and New Japan is 15. It's, it's higher when we include uh, occasional viewers. Uh, Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan are still just under 100. Well, Impact is just under 100. Anyway, uh, AEW is, is the leader among, in the regular viewer uh, measurement, AEW leads with a plus 0.63, followed by, or actually New Japan does with its 15, but, you know, that's a small sample. Uh, followed by that, you've got uh, NXT with a plus 44, SmackDown with a plus 38, Raw with a plus 19, uh, and then you've got Ring of Honor and Impact just barely over zero. Ring of Honor with a plus zero nine and, a, and uh, Impact with a plus 12. Again, those Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, all under 50 with the sample for regular viewers. But uh, what do I get out of this? I guess I get <clears throat> not, I guess I, 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 I'm starting to see some evidence that maybe there is a, 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 you know, to some extent there is a vocal minority of people who hate WWE and can't stand it. And, and, uh, but there's a, there's a, an AEW that, that people are a lot more positive about. There's a new Japan that people are a lot more positive about and people are more positive about NXT, those who watch it than they are about SmackDown and certainly more so than raw, but that does reflect sort of the, the, the relative differences that I hear in opinion that, that I hear that, People really don't like Raw. SmackDown is better. And uh, NXT, while it's not as good as it was in the pre-USA Network era, critically, it, uh, it is still you know, better than the main roster programming. And AEW is, is better uh, critically as well, and it performs better here in Net Promoter Score. Um, Net Promoter Score is thought to be an indicator of how likely is this brand, this product, to grow in the future. And, uh, and it, it is or it isn't because if you got a high net, net promoter score, it's the thought is that the people who are engaged with your product are promoting your product. And, the, and if you've got a low or a negative net promoter score, the people who are engaged with your product fucking hate your product and are not going to promote it and are going to tell people to stay away <laughs> from it. So that's kind of, these all kind of reflect my intuitions, but also moderate the notion that everybody hates main roster WWE. I mean, when you go, just go on Twitter, <laughs> it just seems... <clears throat> that's the general <laughs> the general theme mm-hmm. but uh and then uh on here too we have a uh, google trends uh they did research on have you heard of python uh very barely like i just looked it up it's like an api for google trends it's no it's a, well sort of it's, <laughs> a, yeah. it's a programming language yeah so, okay so i've done some things in the past that people would will might remember I've uh, done some research on cage match data for one thing. And we had uh, our, okay. our friend, Matt Schroeder, who's very good with Python. I've only like just in the last few weeks really started to, to study this and try to learn it. But Matt Schroeder has scraped uh, and as, as of October of last year, we, I have the entire cage match database in an, well, in, in two Excel spreadsheets because it's, it's just too big. There's literally over a million data, you know, cells of data in that. Um, it's, it's just a, a, a programming language that you can do a lot of things with. You can scrape a lot of data with it. You can, you can make programs with it. It's, it's like, I think basically like any other programming language. Um, so I've started to, to use it and there is a, there's, I think what is called a library called PyTrends that you can use to scrape Google trends data. 
And Google Trends has a lot of wrestling-related data in it. And I think Google Trends, this is my, uh, my standard, why do Google Trends matter and why, are, why do I think they're meaningful? Google Trends can, for one thing, tell us about web search volume. Web search volume is not necessarily positive. The most popular time in WWE's history for Google web search is June 2007. Do you know why, Chris Gullo? The Chris Benoit murders. Yes. So it's not always a good thing when your, your web search is very high. But I think it, um, it, tells, it tells us how much are people thinking about something. And uh, we, we can you know, look at individual people. Just about every, every WWE wrestler has a, a topic tied to them that is meant to include all related queries. And the results that we get seem to be pretty intuitive. Um, people like Dwayne Johnson and John Cena do very well, have very uh, uh, a high amount of uh, web search volume. Roman Reigns does pretty well too. So um, anyway, I've uh, the the problem with Google web search is that you can only pull five topics at a time in the, the old fashioned way with with their interface. Then anybody can can uh, check out at trends.google.com. And you can change the time span going all the way back to 2004. You can pick just about any, any range of time that there is. You can choose the region, whether it's worldwide, United States, UK, any country. You can go by state even. But uh, it's, it's a very powerful tool, but it's limited in the standard interface. And it's also not a standard, like, absolute unit of measurement that you're being given. You're not, you're not being told, like, oh, there were this, this many million searches. You're being told a relative measurement, basically a percentage of the maximum of, of the query that you run. But anyway, if you can learn how to use Python, you can pull what I did. I pulled, I think, over 300 uh, series rather than five at a single time. So we can compare all of these very easily. So uh, <clears throat> if you go on, the, on my Twitter, you'll find a, a table where I'm just beginning to experiment with Google web search, uh, with, with, uh, with Python scraping Google web search, where we find uh, people like Dwayne Johnson, and, and John Cena are among the leaders uh, year to date, even though they're not uh, appearing on W programming regularly. But uh, Britt Baker uh, in the last last week uh, did very well uh, in, in Google web search. She was the second most searched for AEW personality just behind the big show. Well, not just behind, but behind the big show. Um, <clears throat> Bad Bunny is more searched for than John Cena and, uh, in, in the same, this is the week of March 14th to March 20th. So you have Bad Bunny, by far uh, the leader of all people associated with WWE right now, uh, except for Dwayne Johnson, but Dwayne Johnson not really appearing on TV. But uh, yeah, we have just to run through it Dwayne Johnson, Bad Bunny, Roman Reigns, Steve Austin, The Undertaker, Triple H, Brock Lesnar. How many uh, regular full time wrestlers have I mentioned so far? Uh, Rand, Randy Orton Roman big, Reigns that was the only one yes. uh, Bad Orton. Bunny I guess yeah, he's not really but he's not going to be like a full time wrestler yeah. right? but uh, we have Randy Orton at number 9 The Big Show at number 10 uh, Rey Mysterio Kane Alexa Bliss who I think is the first woman I've mentioned so far Sasha Banks Bill Goldberg Shawn Michaels Ric Flair Becky Lynch none of these people are on TV uh, Edge Charlotte Flair. That's that's the top twenty. Uh, yep. That's yeah. I mean, that's enough for now. This might be something that I'll I might pull weekly, maybe something to say. Oh, these are the most searched for people 
in the last week that just ended. So there's a lot. I mean, it's just, it is very yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like you said, a lot of people that aren't even it's it's nostalgia lookups like, oh, yeah. Who did uh, Bill Goldberg wrestle on Nitro in 99? Like, yeah, I, th- I think it is reflective of how much legacy or nostalgia is valued now than it used to be. So, you know, one of the great complaints and frustrations of this era is how much WWE relies on talent of the past and can't create new stars. I mean, that's a, it's a complicated problem, but you know, not being able to create stars is, a, is another story, but I think there's something to just the fact that um, today we have s- such a great record of video, especially through streaming services and, and YouTube and things like that. It's, it's so easy to revisit the past and um, to, to re- revisit the, the great moments of Steve Austin and the Undertaker and Triple H. Whereas it's hard to revisit the moments of Bruno San Martino now or, you know, a couple dec- decades after his prime. So it, it's harder to be nostalgic, I think, in, in, in previous times than it is today. And, um, <clears throat> but related to that, like one of the things that I, that I see that I think is sort of a predictor of how, how high somebody's web search volume is, is sort of just how long has the brand been alive? which is, I you know, Impact Wrestling uh, greatly outranks Ring of Honor, even in, in a couple of years ago when uh, I, I felt like Ring of Honor had a stronger brand presence than Impact Wrestling did. Impact Wrestling was still leading it because Impact Wrestling had this, in, in, in its TNA days, had it had this longer, really they're about, about the same age, but but Impact had this this long history of being on spike and being higher in the consciousness of of the public than Ring of Honor ever did. So, yeah, it, 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 I don't know. Appearing at least in these results, uh, ranking highly, I think has a lot to do with just how long have you been present in in a, in a high profile manner in public life. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And and you talk about like things, you know, Google search and people, and it can't always be good. I mean, Impact had a lot of things that were you know buzzworthy for even if it was for one night with the Google search results that have ingrained it into, you know, like they had Rampage Jackson wrestle for them and, uh, you know, and Kurt Angle, when they Kurt Angle appeared. And, and this is also too that a lot of podcasts drive this like, hey, we're covering this TNA episode or we're covering that. And I think that drives a lot of it too, because I could tell you when I listen to those podcasts that cover previous things, I'm Googling stuff and I'll do, I'll do it with everything. Like if I watch, you know, American Crime Story, uh, oj simpson trial i'm like oh i'm gonna learn more about this prosecutor and stuff it's just a natural thing that people are are doing and mm-hmm. and i i think that happens a lot too if the podcast the podcast is covering a certain impact wrestling topic that happened like for example mm-hmm. we were just on the 10-year anniversary of the jeff hardy incident mm-hmm. people are listening to podcasts about that and they're just and they're researching and that's why uh Dale Gagner's web web search is just in the roof right now because you're 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 covering that. Yeah, people people Some notable are, people listen to my podcast and told them about it. So yeah, but th- there's there's a lot more to do here. I can make this uh, even more efficient in in ways that would be too technical and boring to explain. But uh, I've only really pulled together most of the names related to WWE and AEW. But but this this can be done and and, and had been you know I, I did this. Uh, I did a similar study for the, for the 2020 report. Um, and I did it for new Japan also. So I can, I can, and in all likelihood we'll do this for pull, pull together a new, new Japan roster and uh, get the information that's needed to do, to do this for new Japan as well. We can do this regionally too, which is, is another thing that I have to weigh is like, 
should I look at the US more often? In the case of New Japan, should I look at Japan? Um, but there's uh you know, there's interesting things to look at, like what's uh what's what's the web search for New Japan in the US versus versus Japan, where where it's continued to grow year over year in Japan, but in 2019, the year that AEW launched, and, and in the pandemic year of 2020, it it, it did fall off. So yeah, there's I think there's a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, to look at here with Google web search. Again, why does it matter? It, it's not always a perfect measurement. It can be misleading and, and you'll see big spikes when there's a scandal or there's something bad happens. Uh, when people die, there's that's, that's their all time peak. Right. Um, but, but I, but if you look at, and this is something I also wrote about in the 2020 report is that it w- it was almost a predictor of, of all these declines that we've seen in consumer metrics for WWE. Uh, it started to decline in 2016. And then the following year, uh, that's the year that uh, paid attendance started to fall and merchandise started to fall. And it's a couple of years before network subscribers started to fall. So, and then I think there's also, if you even look back at when, uh, when Impact Wrestling, their, their pay-per-view buy rates started to fall off, that was that coincided with some activity that we see in Google web search in terms of the year over year delta or difference. Um, I think that it coincides with uh, Ring of Honor, their ticket sales beginning to fall year over year in 2019. So I, th- I think there's, um, it's easy to overread uh, and, and uh, overhype what web search means, but I think it tells us, can tell us something insightful too. I mean, you'll probably have great Kali in the top 20 if you do this week coming up. So yeah, there, there's somebody I need to include great Kali in this. He's a, why? Because he's in the hall of fame. Yes. Yeah. I mean, come on the population of India. I'm sure they're very happy about <laughs> great Kali going in. Yes. Eric Bischoff too, a, a big fan of, uh, of, of WrestleMonics is also in the hall of fame. Is he really? <laughs> he, 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 uh, quote tweets me all the time. Yes. Nice, nice, nice. But, uh, yeah. So w- with that, anything else uh, you want to want to go over Brandon? Oh, I don't know. We could, we could do plugs. Um, is there anything that you want sure. to plug that you haven't already plugged Chris Gullo? Uh, not really. Like I said, just uh, if you want to check out uh, Rediscovering Indies social media, RTI pod on Twitter, and then it's Rediscovering Indies on Facebook and Instagram. We do put a independent on this day in independent wrestling history uh, fact every day. So you wow. can, you know, drink your morning coffee, go to the Twitter, so the Facebook or the Instagram and find out, like, for example, today's it was Chris Hero defeated uh, Raven to retain his IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship in 2003. Just fun things that you'll th- th- that you'll learn. Who's managing that? Are you, are you putting that together every day? Yes, wow. I am putting that together every day. It's a, looking at a lot of cage match results and wow. other this day of wrestling histories and just. I mean, I just like, oh, you know what? We got to put something for this promotion. I haven't done it, and I just find it. Yeah, it's oh, wow. it's not as much work as it sounds. <laughs> okay. The pay, finding the photos is a little harder. Yeah, interesting. So, Anything else to plug? Um, just like I said, listen to Rediscovering the Indies. Uh, you know, other than wrestling, uh, um, nothing really. Wrestling new. is out of business. Stand up comedy is out of business. <laughs> well, stand up comedy is is opening up a little bit here in New York State. Uh, we're allowed to tell jokes in front of people uh, next week. Okay. <laughs> like uh so uh i actually have a show in warren pennsylvania on april 17th uh sold out already though so wow. people are cr- clamoring for comedy it's sold out um, and are you are you, are you yes. the headline draw i am not i'm um, just not. doing a 15 minute uh and it's the but you're the, the feature big, then you're the feature semi-main yeah 
Okay. I'm, do, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a nice spot, you know, uh, an attraction. Uh, and then uh, I am doing some backstage interview stuff for a wrestling promotion in New Jersey uh, in April 23rd, NFWs. Okay. Well, where can they follow you? Do you want oh, yeah. to follow you? Yes, Chris Gullo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I'm, I've, I've been, able to, been able to get just Chris Gullo, which is pretty awesome. Oh, so, wow. Twitter.com, it's Chris Gullo. Yeah. Okay, you can follow WrestleNomics. You can go to WrestleNomics.com and where yeah. I haven't posted anything since the uh, since the AEW pay-per-view store. But, uh, but there is the uh, the Patreon article uh, on the Net Promoter score. That is at Patreon.com slash WrestleNomics for all subscribers. All subscribers are $5 subscribers. That's all it costs. It's a great deal. To, uh, to get access to stuff like the Net Promoter score story that, that is brand new. But you can also get access to the WrestleNomics viewership spreadsheet. Which have you have you checked that out? That is a massive. I, 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 I yes, yeah. I was taking a gander. I guess you could say, but the, but just the amount of information that you're going to get on a consistent basis for five dollars a month, like. Yeah. What, what so I, I, I keep that up to date. Uh, I update that multiple times a week to uh, follow the wrestling viewership stories that are out there. Uh, you can yeah, Patreon.com/slash WrestleNomics. You can follow WrestleNomics uh, at WrestleNomics. You can follow me at Brandon Thurston and I'm Brandon Thurston you're Chris Gullo and we'll talk to everybody next time